Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the Improv Chronicle Podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. So... You've fallen in love hard with improv. You've fallen down that magical rabbit hole and you're discovering all manner of wonderful things with a host of incredible people. But where do you place your boundaries? When is it too much improv? For the past few days, I've been on a a bit of a journey, if I'm honest. And I started this whole journey off by talking to one improviser who fills her life with so much improv. We sat down in a pub after an improv workshop, of course, to have a nerd-to-nerd chat about how we managed to squeeze so much of this art form we love into our lives. Hi, I'm Jen Kenny, um, and I'm a member of The Same Faces. I've been with those for about five or six years now. Um, I also play in Tiny Stories, which is a new group we've been doing long-form improv since May this year. And then I'm also a regular guest member of City Impro. I've been in Box of Frogs and I've started a two-prov called Improvoki. So that is a lot of teams across the UK that you're a member of. They are not all in the same city, so you travel around a lot. Um, how do you manage that? Um, well, I think one of the main things is to sort of plan out your time, really. Um, I work full-time as well, um, which sometimes creates its own issues. Um, but I love improv so much that I make time for improv because that's my downtime. So my job in teaching is very intense. And actually, I find that the improv helps me to get out of my head so that I'm more alert and aware. Um, so I just make sure that I know when my rehearsals are, what's coming up. I really like to know about a month and ahead when gigs are coming up so I can sort of plot them into my calendar. Um, and make sure that I can give the teams the best commitment that I can. So communication's the key thing, really. Um, I never want to turn up to a rehearsal tired or grumpy. Improv will normally get me out of that state. I mean, I'm not saying I've never done that, but I like to turn up with full commitment to what I'm doing, so I want to give improv my full energy and not be sort of part-timing improv. So... It's management of time, it's, it's calendaring it, I guess. <laughs> what boundaries do you have for yourself to stop it being too much improv? 
I always make sure I get my school work done, so I will tend to pull off a couple of late night school things before I go to improv practice, but it really helps then to focus me. So if I've got 30 books to mark, say, I will get those books marked before I'm allowed to go off to the improv thing. So I know what my deadline is for time, and I will then get those books marked, and then at six o'clock I'll get in the car, drive to Leicester. It does mean that I eat on the run quite a lot, which is probably not the healthiest. Uh, hummus and crackers are my friends. Keep those in the car a lot. My job has to be a priority because if I didn't have my job, I couldn't do all the improv that I do. So it has to pay for the petrol and things like that. So my boundaries are if it's affecting my day-to-day job and I'm not coping with my day-to-day job, the improv is going to have to take a little bit of a back seat. But I'm also a glutton for if someone asks me to do something, I'm like, yes, I want to join in with that. And I get a lot of sort of FOMO, fear of missing out from little groups that are starting up or activities. So I have to be really strict with myself. Often my husband will say to me, um, yes, because I am married as well. Um, (laughs) Wow. I mean, how are you doing this? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. People say, where do you get the energy from? A lot of people say um, they see me on social media sharing a lot of the things that I'm doing. I just don't share the things when I'm having the quiet nights. I do have quiet nights in. We do make time for one another and we do have weekends off where we're spending time. When is it too much improv? I'm not sure I can answer that. Um, I think it's too much improv if the drains on the travel time and the drains on your emotional outgoings are too much. I think I have suffered in the past from anxiety and depression and there has been times when I've had to take a step back and just calm it down a bit because improv isn't a therapy. It isn't a cure for these things. It helps a hell of a lot. It's the people, the friends that I see when I go to improv, the friends that I've made through improv that really get me through. Improv is an amazing art, but you can burn out from improv just the same as anything else that you love. So you have to learn to look at the signs and look out for the signs. And if your friends and team are telling you to ease off a bit, maybe you should listen because they're going to have your best interests at heart. So it's Monday morning and I'm reflecting on what Jen was saying yesterday when we were talking after the workshop, particularly what she was saying about it being her passion. And it's the passion that drives her on and keeping those healthy boundaries. So after nerding out with improvisers last night, I have got up feeling tired, managed to get on the wrong underground line in London, Um, now going to an improv rehearsal with my team the Maydays and we've got a guy who I think can perhaps offer me some insight today a guy called Joe Bill who's a Chicago based improviser he plays at festivals a lot around the world he's recently been in Amsterdam he's in the UK at the moment I kind of figure he might have some perspective on how to keep that healthy balance in improv well I'm Joe Bill and I'm uh, I'm an improviser from Chicago. I am one of the co-founders of Annoyance Theatre, though I'm a retired, happy, supportive alumni. I'm the director of corporate training at I.O. I'm a guest artist in residence at Second City, and I tour all over the world teaching, directing, and performing improvisation. So you're really, you're really perfect for this podcast in that case because we are talking about people who do a lot of improv, and like, when is it too much improv for you? I think it's a day-to-day proposition. Um, I'm, I'm also, I'll be 58 this year, and so 
I've been, since I've been 55, I've been learning the limitations of my body and trying to accept that because I used to be tireless and I just never needed rest. And uh, once I hit 55 and in the last couple of years, it has been very, very apparent to me that I need things like naps or a, a skill I learned. Um, and I, uh, and so I'm still trying to cope with the idea of boundaries and how much to schedule and free time to schedule and things like that. Have there been times in your life when you feel like you're overdoing it? Um, especially sure. Yeah. In the last, in the last couple of years, the, um, the beginning of 2019, I did two European tours, one of five weeks, one of six, and I only took three weeks back in the States in between. And I found that that three weeks was not enough to even get back home on the U.S. time. And I mean, I used to be able to, it, it used to take me three days to adjust either way. And now it takes me like a week to 10 days. And that whole second tour, I felt like I was catching up the entire time. And I don't think I ever got to the point where I was caught up, but it was literally every day. For six weeks, I was I had to take some type of nap in the afternoon just to recharge. So you do a lot of this. I do a lot of this. Jen, who I spoke to yesterday, does uh, a lot of this. What is it about improv that is so addictive and uh, has us push ourselves right up to our boundaries so often? I think it's because it's the opposite of politics. And uh, it's, in a way with this wave of sort of this nationalistic, jingoistic. I mean, I'm American, so, you know, maybe my country's the worst offender right now, but there's, you know, it it seems to be in vogue for politicians to pull everything back to within our own borders and uh, to just kind of, maybe it's in reaction to technology making us a, you know, making us a global community. Um, people have gotten back to nationalism and improvisation. I think I have to do because I am an improviser. It's my life. It's how I make my living. Um, and I play in French, like I just sort of mentioned to you. I can do, you know, very poorly in Spanish. But I think the opposite of what the evil forces in the world want is for people to just play together, and especially in different languages and in different places. And even if I don't know the language, I'm happy to get on stage and just see if I can be of service to other people. And it feels like more and more what we're doing is the antidote to what might be the looming evil in the world, or I might be being melodramatic. (laughs) (laughs) So you were talking about finding your own limits earlier on. How are you at uh, making promises to yourself and keeping them? Um, I think I'm better than I was out of necessity. It... um, I mean, how are you doing on your touring schedule this year, for example? Um, not bad. I'm, I'm pretty exhausted right now. And so we've just come from a rehearsal with the May Days, and I have to do one more rehearsal tonight for Jules. But then I have two free days of just getting caught back up on work. Um, you know, And also, to be honest, scheduling two of pieces of the next two tours that I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I, I started last year by taking free days building free days into my tours just for rest or to sightsee or whatever. And I never really did that before. Um, But two years ago, there was a couple of gigs kind of fell off at the last minute. And I just kind of freestyled my way from town to town. Uh, And a couple, like four years ago, I think I was in Italy and and it was, I had to get from Rome to Milan and they said, okay, we're going to put you on a train and we have friends in next town and they'll tell you friends of the next town. And so I did uh, Ravenna, Modena, 
uh, that begins with a B. I think it was four towns on my way up to uh, Milan, and it just, every night just worked out. And I realized, oh, part of this would be interesting if I just leave it to chance and just see what I can do. And if that doesn't work out, it just turns out that my body needs rest. And so it's okay to just rest and do nothing. Um, so my answer is better than I used to be because I used to schedule myself like wall to wall. And now I leave free time. What I do with that free time, uh, we're still finding out. Well, in which case, um, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. It's now Tuesday, the 11th of February, and I'm heading to a mental health first aiders course, which actually of all of the weeks to be doing this, I think this is probably the week, having had the conversation that I had with Joe Bill last night. Um, I can't help but think rather a lot of us improvisers have a bit of a thing about overloading our days and our weeks. So I'm going to chat to one of the facilitators of this mental health first aid course and see if I can get some good advice and some clarity from them. My name's Sarah Parry. I'm the co-CEO of the Good Mental Health Company, which delivers mental health awareness training and first aid for mental health. And I'm a trainee transpersonal psychotherapist. So we've just uh, finished day one of our mental health first aid, of course, and I've been thinking over the last few days about kind of healthy boundaries that we have as improvisers, because as an improviser, the people I've spoken to for the last few days have a similar thing as I do in that we load our weeks full of improv, not only our weeks, but our months and our travel schedules. And we go away and we improvise rather than going on a holiday. Um, what would you say to improvisers who seem to have almost a compulsive kind of uh, attitude to the art form? I suppose it's like a balance of um, doing what's enjoyable and feels like a really interesting and creative pursuit or activity. And perhaps what it might also be doing is covering up some difficult feelings if it feels compulsive or addictive in some way. Um, and I wonder whether... Um, there could be an opportunity to explore what is motivating it, not pathologising it or turning it into something clinically problematic in some way, but perhaps being curious about what the compulsion is really about and what one is um, trying to uncover. What is, I suppose, what's the test for working out whether this is a problem for us or not? I guess like it's a bit cliche but it's true it's, all, it's an individual decision and one one kind of usually has an inkling one sort of knows it might be getting a bit out of hand but the fundamental thing that I know around addiction or compulsion is if you try and stop and you can't it's probably something that needs um, you might need a bit of help for because I want to improvise I know that much but yes uh, it's it's a case of quantity I suppose isn't it it's, it might be, but you might do something a lot of and it might not be a problem. If it's presenting, if you identify as a problem and you want to stop and you can't, and maybe it's making up for genuine connection, process, thoughts, thinking things out. Um, if it's replacing the natural unfolding of life, um, perhaps, perhaps considering what's beneath that might be, might be useful. 
and we do stress connection in improv um, uh, not only between team members but particularly when we're on stage we talk about connect with your scene partner so that you can create a realistic looking comedic scene right so I'm wondering if it's the the drive for connection meaningful connection that's beneath uh, beneath the imp- the compulsive behavior to connect perhaps Listening to Sarah today got me wondering why some of us spend so much time chasing after more and more improv. Is it wanting to be connected, like she says, or or are maybe uh, applause and laughs validating something within us uh, instead of maybe something more wholesome? I'm sure there are plenty of wonderful pop psychology theories we could develop about improvisers. Listening to Jen Kenny and Joe Bill made me think about how I travel so much and the amount of time and physical and emotional energy I put into improv. The doing of it, the organising of it, the teaching of it, the writing about it, and yeah, the podcasting about it. After the past few days, I'm going to be keeping how I treat this art form and how it treats me under regular review to make sure my relationship with improv is as healthy as it possibly can be. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. Most improv shows start with the audience doing some work, providing a suggestion. What makes a good suggestion? And why do so many shows need them? Could we be better off without them, maybe? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. It makes a huge difference. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle. That's ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle. And if you've got an idea for a possible episode, go to improvchronicle.com.